Welcome to Hot Marriage Cool Parents. I'm your host, Jamie Otis Hainer. And I'm Doug Hainer. And, and you're in our house yeah, right now. And I'm barely awake. I'm drinking my tea, trying my best to be awake. We took the kids to Wiki Watchy. Yes, right? Wiki Watchy. Wiki Watchy. So there's this natural, apparently, Florida is like one of the number one states for natural springs. I had no idea about this, this place. Neither did I. This place is unbelievable. So it's like a few, a couple hours away from our house. And it's, uh, so it's just north of Tampa and it is like the most refreshing spring water that you just swim around in. It is cold as can be, but when you live in Florida in the summer, it's like, it was like 98 degrees. Yeah. I mean, last week when we went to the beach, there was, you jump into the Gulf and it's the same temperature as the air. Yeah. It's crazy. It's like 90 degrees. It's actually a little concerning because down in the Florida Keys, they said they had a record temperatures of like 108 or something like that for the water. And so you can imagine (laughs) this is not an eco type uh, podcast, but I don't know. I just think about the wildlife, like the the sea creatures and whatnot. So anyways, uh, Wiki Wachi, the kids of course loved it because Henley's obsessed with mermaids right now. Yeah. There was like a half uh, lazy river. Oh yeah. It wasn't like, it wasn't a full circle. It was just, it was really interesting. So it, but it was on natural land. Like, like I'm really into just nature. And so instead of like, you know, all these, and there's nothing wrong with the built up things either, but imagine being in like real water in the real, like, nature like there's just like palm trees and fish swimming below and there's like oh and henley's here of course i don't know if you just heard but she goes dad well the and the whole the whole um the whole clear spring thing it was amazing how crystal clear the water was and how blue and like turquoise the water was it was actually pretty cool there were real mermaids swimming and they did a show and it was it was just amazing and it's like it was just very very relaxing but today I am like, whew, <laughs> we have a lot to do today. So we have a meet the teacher today. And Henley, Henley is in first grade. Henley is going in first grade. And I feel like kindergarten was all sorts of, um, kindergarten was all sorts of like emotions like, and whatnot. Yeah. But with first grade, I'm like, I'm ready for her to, I'm excited for her. Rather than being like sad, she's going back to school. I'm just like excited. I'm like, all right, let's, I'm like dying to know who her teacher is going to be because they haven't told us yet. And so I'm going to find out today. And then she starts school in two days. I'm like, does anyone else go through this? And first of all, who starts school in August? This is so early. Like August 10th is her first day of school and August. um, It's like, it's already here. And August 8th is the day we find out the teacher. And I'm like, that is like, we don't even know. I mean, this is just wild. I, yeah. I don't feel prepared. I it's, feel scared well, <laughs> for her, which, of course, I'm not letting her know that. Yeah. No, I know. Well, and it's it's so different than when I was in elementary school. And I don't know what it was like for you, but the whole idea of going to elementary school where we lived was you would get on a bus. And oh, yeah. a, a lot of people in New Jersey, my, my family, anytime, kindergarten, first grade, all the way up through um, through high school, really, you get a bus. Oh, you yeah. get a well, bus Henley, that comes pick buses. you up at the bus stop. Did and I say Henley? Yeah. I meant to say. I am so tired. But so. it's also because there's, in Florida, there's school elect. So you can go out of district. You yeah. can go to any school so out of district. there's buses here as well. Right. But and it's just, it's, um, when I was thinking about it earlier, when you think of your kids finally going to school, you almost look forward to, and, uh, well, I guess it's, it could go both ways, but you look forward to that moment where, you put them on a bus and they go to the school. Yeah. I mean, I have, I actually have a picture. I think of myself. Is that Henley? Yeah. Yes, Gracie. We're in here. Come on in. We're in the office. 
You want to say hello to Henley for a minute? Yeah. Our little girl. We started this podcast when she was like one years old. I know. Hi, babe. You want to come in and say hello? We used to do this podcast while Jamie was breastfeeding. Oh. Okay. You got to keep it plugged in, okay? Or letting her play a game on the podcast. You have to give it a moment, okay? Because she doesn't have camp or anything right now, so we're letting her play a game. Say hi. Say hi, Gracie. Hi. Henley, what is something that you're very excited about for school? Seeing my teacher. Yeah, we're going to find out who your teacher is today, right? Yes. That's, are you excited for first grade? Yes. You are? What is something that you're most looking forward to when you start school on Thursday? Mm. Math. Math? Math? What? Wow. What do you want to be when you grow up, Gracie? Mommy. You want to be a mommy? Oh. You don't want to be a stay-at-home dad? <laughs> what do you want to be? Do you want to be anything else? You've always told me one thing that you want to be when you grow up. What do you want to be? Doctor. Yeah. Doctor. That means we got to study a lot and oh, wait, you have to eat more vegetables. <laughs> Her face. <laughs> and go to bed on time. That's how people become doctors. Say, Daddy. Daddy, that's not how it works. How does it work? You have to study and grow up. You have to study and grow up. You're right. So what kind of a doctor do you want to be? Nurse. A nurse doctor? Do you know mommy mommy was a nurse? Yeah, mommy was a nurse. Uh, Mommy used to help deliver babies. Yeah, I did. Do you remember that? No. Henley, don't do that. That's that's not nice. Okay, honey. Um, Henley. Let's give us a couple of minutes now. Wait a second. Okay. I wanted to ask her some more questions. This is going to be so memorable <laughs> for us. One day when our daughter's graduating. <laughs> I don't want to think that. Uh, Henley, so tell me some more things about your world right now. So um, who is, what is your favorite subject in school? Mm, playing. Playing on the playground. Playtime. Playtime is such P-E. a fun. P.E. That's a really good time, too. Art. Art. P.E. was my favorite. What kind of school did you go to, young man? Uh, it had walls, <laughs> windows, desks, chairs, I and people. Doug, Doug, give her the mic. I did not. I didn't have windows. I did not have windows. You don't go to a school with windows? Our sweet girl, so she's kind of bored right now at home, and I'm about, after we're done podcasting, um, I'm going to take her to go get her book bag. That's so exciting. Her lunch bag. Did you ever have a trapper keeper? Oh my gosh, yeah. You remember trapper? What about like the five-star notebooks with all the pockets in it? And that was the cool notebook. If you didn't have the one with pockets, then that wasn't cool. No, the trapper keeper was what set the standard for coolness. Oh, well, I didn't have a cool trapper keeper. Do they have trapper keepers now? I have no idea. But that used to be amazing. What about shoes? Like shoe. I remember my mom. We had obviously a lot of kids, and my mom was a single mom who didn't even really have a job, and so I we couldn't get like new shoes every year, and it was the most embarrassing thing because she I had to wear like the like white like cloth shoes, you know, mm-hmm. and I wish I wish I just rocked them and was confident, but instead I was like cringing with my feet. Uh, underneath the desk and everyone's like pulling up their feet, putting them on the table like, ooh, look at my shoes. And uh, 
anyway, so I always want to make sure my daughter doesn't have to go through that. But I also think it brought character to me. And so I'm like, well, I don't want her to also just have everything she ever wants. Like we shop secondhand all the time and yeah. I want her to know that that's fine and it's, it's good. You know, we don't have to have the fanciest things all the time. Exactly. But did you always, were, were, did you always get new shoes every single year? Not new shoes, but uh, we always went school shopping, uh, similar to what you're going to do where we would buy pencils and folders and a trapper keeper and uh you know maybe an outfit well honey they give out folders back in the day they didn't give out folders we were responsible for bringing our own so you want to know why the teacher is giving you folders because mommy and daddy have to give the teacher so this year instead of us buying all the supplies they just want us to get to contribute fifty dollars which I feel like is honestly not even that much. Like I'm like, I'd happily give $50. Yeah. I mean, if that's the, as you can tell for those of you listening with us just in your earbuds, sorry for the (laughs) disarray of Gracie. She's trying to get this game on her, on the phone. It's the LOL game. You like the LOL game? Yeah. And we're like, okay, if you need screen time so we can podcast. (laughs) Hold on. Be patient. This is part of it. Be patient. I feel be like patient. there's so much uh, judgment when your kids have screen time. Be patient. Patience, Henley. I'm going to give it to you. Be patient. Um, but I also feel like when you're a work-at-home parent and your kids are home, I mean, I literally just got done playing. Henley, what did we just get done playing? What did we play? Can I look see? Yeah, and what did we bake? Cookies and cake. <laughs> Strawberry cake? Yes. Yeah. So, um... I feel like you have, like, I don't know. I feel like there's such a judgment and a stigma if your kid is on screen time at all. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I, I don't know why, but I. I we can't have the, the sound on him. You'll yeah, have to take it out. To go out. You're going to have to go out by the, yeah. in the living room with that. Okay. Yeah. If you want to play with that, play with that out in the living room. Anyways, we don't just play our kid on a f- tablet yeah. all day. No, we've been, we've been good at it, but I, I notice. Close the door, yeah. Oh, Henley, you're going to have to go out to the TV, honey. Thank you, baby. I love you. I'll see you in just a minute. And then we're going to go shopping. (laughs) I notice a huge difference in Henley and her mannerisms and her behavior um, and just her overall, just when she's on the phone or if she's on a tablet, tablet, she is a a different kid before and during and after. Yeah, we really do try to limit it. Like yesterday when we went to that wiki-wachi, they didn't have any screen time. So the whole car ride they just played, which I was really proud of. Yep. And then the car ride home, they slept. And then obviously while we were there, we were just playing with, we had a friend from the neighborhood that came with us and we just played. And then they had like 30 minutes of watching TV right before bed or was, before, no, because then even when, Not when, really. we, yeah. when we came home, they wanted to get in the pool. <laughs> so we spent the whole day yeah. outside in the water and then we came home and the first thing they wanted to do was hop in the pool. And I was like, okay, I mean, if, if we can avoid the screen time, because it is genuinely addicting. Like there oh, is no sure. doubt about it. It is addicting for adults. It's addicting for children. And the problem with children is that I feel like you don't want to fuel that fire so early. And so in any case, I'm really excited for back to school because then, you know, there's going to be no, like, you know, they're just going to be entertained and learning. Yeah. And it's true. Like you she'll know. have a full day. She'll have structure. Yes. You know, which, oh, we'll have structure. I'm like, yeah. I'm so excited for it. I have a calendar right over there beyond like our podcast <laughs> desk and I'm going to fill it out. Like, what is our day going to look like? Because yeah. I want to start going to the gym. Like every single day I want to go to the gym. I want to, I want to do healthy. my tennis class. Yeah. Like we, like, I don't, does anyone feel like there's we just, need to, we have, we have to, for our mental 
abilities. We, Mental health. Yeah, we have to. Yeah. We have to plan and schedule working out and schedule, um, you know, doing stuff outside of our house. But also just like the structure and the schedule. Like yesterday was a Monday and we went two hours away to go to this mermaid thing. And that was fun and all. But today I'm feeling like so frazzled. Yeah. Like what are we, like I have so much that I have to do. And it's like, it, it's, I don't know if anyone else feels like this as a parent, but it's like when you want to spend quality time with your kids because you know school is coming up. And so you're trying to s- squeeze in all the fun activities you can, but then your life is just like utter chaos. Yeah. Like I spent an hour doing dishes this morning because our dishwasher was half empty. They were clean. So I couldn't fill the dishwasher. They they just yeah. needed to be unloaded. And, and we've then been sink. just on the go that everything was just halfway done. Yeah. And so I guess the point of, of even sharing all of that like I guess because I haven't shared that like on Instagram or anything but I guess the point of sharing all of that and like the screen time and stuff is that well first of all a it's okay for them to have some screen time when you work at home or just at all and you can't like your whole job isn't to just even if that is your whole job I can imagine you still need a little bit of time to just breathe and so that like right now you know we're working sharing this podcast and it's okay for our daughter to be playing her lol game you know it's just that we do notice a difference if like if she's on it too in her attitude yeah she gets real sassy she gets angry and grumpy and uh, very impatient. Like these are things that we genuinely yeah. notice. And so we probably could have done without wiki watchy yesterday. Yeah. Cause we're a little frazzled today, and but that's you, okay. You know, what's funny though. It's, it, it, it's a sense of FOMO though, because you hear mermaids and you hear this experience and you're just like, Oh, our kids would love it. Yeah. Not no, you know, not even thinking that, you know, this kid's had an action packed summer I know, and she true. doesn't necessarily need it, but yeah. you know, we were going out with, with new friends and, That's the and thing meeting too, and- like on a very personal level for me that I've come to realize is that the past few years I've really struggled with depression and anxiety. And obviously I have not, I haven't even tried to hide it if I wanted to, you know, like <laughs> I'm just, I have just felt like I have been sinking for so long and it's probably you know I know that everyone who follows me on Instagram I mean you've seen it I try to put on a happy face I also try to be very transparent and real and raw and honest and I think I figured out what my um what my my lack I guess was maybe well first of all I don't want to look at it as a lack but like I think that in like we've transitioned so much in life so many different times and for a long time community wasn't something I was even striving for I mean I would just fly back and forth to see my family and I would try to stay a part of their lives and a part yeah. of your family's life and that was all the community I really cared about like right. you know especially once you have kids yeah you know, that's your own little and community. that was the other thing too is that I just wanted to have my own kids and so I was really focused on just like us growing closer as a couple and then I wasn't focused on making friends. I was focused on growing our family, staying close with our, our, with our family, like my siblings and your family. And so now that we're in Florida, I mean, that's still our focus, but we're also trying to make friends in this new home that we just moved into. And I just realized this morning, I'm like, I think that's it because the, our friends invited us to that mermaid show and the mermaid weeky watchy. And and when I say friends, I mean, I've only met her and hung out with her a couple of times, but I'm trying to develop friendships, like a real sense of community where we're not just living down in Florida all by ourselves yeah. here. Because, well, your, your, your family's always uh, a fail safe because if you're living in the same area as your family, you always have them where they can stop by, they can do things, they and can say, can Hey, you want to go somewhere? Yeah. You know, you have that luxury. 
when you move to a different place, you don't have that. So you have to rely on friends and making friends to build a community. And I feel like life is lonely if you don't have that community. Life can be very depressing and it it, it, it could be just sad if you don't have that community. So I'm really trying to nurture a community. Like I, you know, was room mom last year trying to make friends first year of You were a great room mom, by the way. Oh, thank you. You were committed yeah through it all thank you I tried my absolute best I really did and I had and I enjoyed it and I did I made friends and so it's so cool I've I've thought today how you know two friends that I made from Henley's kindergarten classroom they are like oh do you guys want to go to the gym and then after meet the teacher we could have lunch and I was like literally just sitting there and I could I could literally cry. Maybe I will. I guess maybe I will cry because it's like, wow, I do have, I have friends. That sounds so bizarre, but I have not had friends. Like I've really lost, I moved a lot as a child. And so I never had that core group of friends, you know, and then, um, just getting married and then trying to like, you know, insert yourself into, into different a groups in yeah. a different, in a different state. So I moved, I moved to Jersey after I got married to you because I was wanting to get closer to your family and mm-hmm. become part of your family. And, you know, as much as I love your family, it's family and it's not so much like, um, friends, like you gotta, you gotta have both, I think, yeah, I think in life. Sure. And so, um, so yeah, like it's just, it's, I haven't had friends and like, I know if you follow me on Instagram, you know that because like <laughs> I'll DM you and talk to you. Like, I mean, that's literally why I call you my girlfriends because for a long time I had no friends in real life. And so it was just really nice to be able to go to a community on Instagram where there's like supporting, yeah. supportive, loving women and not for nothing. But I mean, some of, some of my real life friends now I met on Instagram, one of the women that Very lives true. in this neighborhood I met her primarily through Instagram, but we also went to the same church. And now I, like, she's one of my good friends and I love her to death and I live in the same neighborhood as her. And so Instagram is always, obviously, and social media in general is, you know, it can be, it could be, there's good and bad and everything, right? But I am very thankful. Making friends used to be easy. It is so hard to make friends. And I've been working really, really hard at making friends. (laughs) I've been trying so hard to make freaking friends. Well, it's it's exhausting. Yeah, I mean, for, I kind of look at it. It's just like going to college, but for, you know, where you go to college, you don't know anybody unless you go to college with somebody. And then you kind of branch out and make friends. It's kind of the same. Uh, for for grown-ups or parents that move yeah it's the same sort of process yeah it's just yeah. and it- and then there's like an extra added layer because you have, well, for us anyways, we have children and we want to make sure that they have friends in a community. And I don't want to move them from place to place. I want them to really be grounded. Like it took me a minute to realize that I was doing to my children exactly what I hated in my own upbringing, which was yeah. just moving 24 seven. When we were on the road trip, I shared this before, but when we were on the road trip and um, so for those of you who are new, we went on this form month four and a half month or so rv trip cross country cross country and back and so every time we would stop at a new state and we'd be at a new like campsite henley would make a friend and then she would be like we get up and leave yeah and she she could just never and i was like oh my gosh she even said it she goes every time i make meet someone and make a friend we have to leave yeah and that was at four years old she said that yeah right she was four on the road trip it it was last summer So, yeah, so the thought of that, and so now we're really trying to plan our roots here and build a community and 
you know, we go to church, we're trying, like we go to Mm -hmm. church, we're trying to make friends there, but it's like a kind of a big church. And so it's kind of hard to make friends there. Honestly, I'm really, really thankful for Instagram. I'm thankful. I am thankful for, you know, her school and being able to be room mom last year. However, the one thing that I probably will not do this year is room mom. If anyone's ever been room mom before, (laughs) it is a full time job. Oh my goodness. Yeah. There were a lot of responsibilities and it was also a little expensive, which I was like, you know, my daughter doesn't go to a private school. So I, I am happy to help teachers. Like I think teachers need so much help. Like right now, especially with supplies and and everything throughout the year. It's a, it's kind of unfortunate that teachers, I remember one time, I'm not even kidding you when I was younger and I was in a class and I don't remember, I don't remember exactly what class it was, but there was a female teacher and I think it was like art class and she had a picture of Madonna like a very artsy Madonna on the wall. And I go, oh, wow. <laughs> and she was talking about how successful Madonna was. And I was like, oh, but you're just as successful because you're a teacher. And she goes, oh, honey. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you're a teacher though. So you're just as successful. You must do just as, and she was like, oh, honey, uh, that's not how the world Aww. works. And that was my first understanding that, you know, I guess that there's like different tiers of success when it comes to monetary success and um and and the fact that teachers are not high at all I mean she told me herself and then obviously when I grow older and I realize like the salary of a teacher it's like these these are people who spend day in and day out with our next generation literally fueling them feeding them nurturing them and a lot of them have to buy their own supplies which I never got believable yeah I mean we're looking for the teachers to essentially care for the safety of our kids and love them while they're in the classroom not even just teach them yeah exactly you know yet they only make you know a little bit of amount of money and they don't get any extra perks with it, or at least, you know, a lot of the teachers that we've met. I feel like the, the perk is probably the fact that they get summers off, but then they also don't get paid. If I don't know how that all works. I'm not a teacher, <laughs> yeah. but needless to say, the fact that teachers have to dip into their own small salary to, pro- to provide for our children, if our kids are going to a public school, which our kids are, so we're not paying, you know, we're paying our taxes and that's yeah, that. There's like, no tuition. The least we can do is get a little bit out of our pocket and share so that these teachers who are spending all day with our children, nurturing them and keeping them safe and providing for them, I mean, I'm quite passionate about it, obviously. And I'm like, man, maybe I should have been a teacher because I'm like rallying on the teachers, but it's just like- Well, you've done a great service for them. Well, I haven't done, I mean- Well, you've, I I mean, I know it's not new and something that you created, but you're you're advocating for teachers. And I will forever. And nurse, I think teachers, teachers and nurses are- the least paid, most hardworking souls. Like truly, I mean, they, they just are such servers, you know, like it's, I think that there's a lot to be said when you're in, when your day-to-day work is with constant care for someone that isn't even part of your family. So, you know, and that's why I feel like they deserve so much love and all that we can give them. Yeah. I mean, well, speaking of love and community, we haven't read our five-star review yet. Yes, and we love you all. Yes, so this one... those five-star reviews. It means so much to yes, us. Yes, this one comes from someone famous called Tara Reed 19. Uh, I'm not sure. May or may not be the same Tara Reed. Yeah. We, we're not sure because there's not a picture with the review, but That's Tara true. Reed 19, either way, you're famous in our <laughs> eyes and we love you. <laughs> so you guys are a breath of fresh air. I stumbled upon this podcast because I follow Jamie and Doug on Instagram and I am a huge Mavs fan. Followed you guys from way back. 
I appreciate the honesty and raw emotion you guys bring as I resonate with your stories. My husband is also in recovery and 15 years sober. Congratulations. Yes, congrats. And we, t- <clears throat> and we too are undergoing fertility treatments uh, for wow. trying to conceive baby number three. Wow. There's a lot of similarities. Here. Yeah. <laughs> Love you guys and keep sharing your journeys. More people need to hear your affirmations and encouragement. So- That's so so amazing that is so amazing and honestly when you feel alone in this world and i think we can well said tara yeah when you feel alone in this world and then you start sharing a little bit of just what kind of makes you feel isolated but obviously like the trying to conceive thing for baby number three that's not i feel like there's not anybody else doing that because i haven't seen anybody else doing that but then when you start to share it people come forward and then you're like oh my gosh i'm not alone and then obviously your recovery journey that doesn't I'm sure that feels probably isolating a little bit because it's not like you know anyone in our in your in our circle like in our circle in our life in our community that's also going through it but I feel like sharing it has it yeah yeah, I mean you don't for for me I didn't you know I don't need the uh like yes it prompted stories and and encourages other people to reach out and and kind of celebrate it but uh, it was more for me not being ashamed by it as much anymore. You know, once I tell the story, say it out loud, then you're, you know, you kind of can't hide behind this little, you know, blip in your life. And it was something that I guess, yeah, the shame just sort of gets lifted off by, by yeah. sharing. I mean, not to say it again and again and again, but I truly think, Doug, every time I hear your story, it's like, I, it's so funny because as an outsider looking in, I'm like, gosh, you should be so effing proud though. Like, it's so interesting to me because for you, obviously you struggle with shame and embarrassment and you feel like, I don't know what you, I mean, I don't want to like put words in your mouth, but you feel less than or like a loser or something because you did all this. But for me as an outsider looking in and also why am I so emotional today? But like my mom and just like the fact that she hasn't been able to overcome it, you know, and like I just see how that has really just um, like just I feel like I don't want to say destroyed her life, but kind of, you know, Um, you know, like how you don't feel more proud is just shocking to me because you could have went down that path. And the simple fact that you literally almost died from it and all the people who do die from it now. It's like, really, it's terrible. And I'm like, how does this man not feel more proud of his story? Like of the fact that you've been able to actually conquer it and defeat it. I think it's because I feel like I caused it. What? Do you, how do you feel like you've caused it? Like it, I feel like it's it was my fault for going down that road, and like that's why I'm not. How is that your fault? But I'm saying prescribed that for you, right? But I'm saying the reason, you know, and in my mind, the reason why I do think it's it's weird trying to say it's an accomplishment. You know, there's got to be other words for it. What do you mean, an accomplishment of so like just yeah, getting off of it and staying sober, Um, but like the whole addiction part and getting into the position that I was in, I feel was my own fault. So it's tough for me to celebrate something that, you know, I caused in the beginning. But I feel like if, you know, like if it was well, something where, well, if it was, like, I guess maybe we'll equate it to if, you know, if I was, you know, just randomly, I got bit by a mosquito and I got malaria 
Um, and then, you know, not many people survive from malaria, but I did like, that would be an accomplishment. That would be something to celebrate because, you know, I was able to fight through it, get through it. If I was the one that put the mosquito on my arm and poked myself, (laughs) surviving that doesn't feel like as much of an accomplishment or victory. So I, for the longest time, I was always dealing with, I put myself in that position and I shouldn't pat myself on the back uh, because it was my own self-destruction. Well, so it's tough for me to give myself credit for, for something that I chose to do. I, and when you get hooked on it, it's a disease and it's tough to stop. Yes. But you know, my bad choices, you know, uh, know, exactly. And, and, you know, took a little bit of a, took a piece out of me. Now that's one part. And the other part though, is trying to, trying to, I guess, reconcile or come to terms with, you know, what I, I never like to live a shoulda, coulda, woulda type life, you know, or regrets, but you know, you can't help to think about, you know, the, what if you made different choices or, you know, you, you had this going for you and then you chose this and it just kind of ruined everything. And so that's, uh, you know. So you feel like if you made different choices, it probably would have been better. Well, I just feel like if it's me that, if it's me that caused the pain yeah. and me that really caused it in my choices, me getting through that is a, a something that, you know, I think is great, but mm-hmm. it's not something that I celebrate. Yeah, I get that. I definitely get that. I don't know if that makes sense. That does make sense, but there are a lot of there. I, first of all, I'm not a therapist, but I feel like you should go to therapy and you should, we have a therapist Mm -hmm. and you should talk to Kara about that because I can't imagine that you, you didn't, it was a bad choice you made, but like we all make bad choices every single day. Some of them don't happen to be so addicting. Some of them don't happen to be prescribed by doctors, you know? And so I feel like that's the issue there. And so you can't beat yourself up for making a bad choice that then became so addicting. And also like it started off by being in the hospital and the doctor was giving you this medicine. Well, um, Did it? Well, so, and I, I may have just explained it uh, wrong or gave it. So um, I'm just referring to now, like, oh. and not sharing it uh, before was like, that was the reasoning, you know, without sharing it. Like now that I shared that part of me and just sort of opened up the, floodgates like yeah. uh, I'm forgiving myself and I'm able to grow from it and I'm able to see it as you know somewhat of an accomplishment but you know if you ask me where you know before I mentioned anything you know like in internally that's what was going on I was beating myself up over it um, I was just thinking about the people in, in that I disappointed I was thinking about just you know how many bad choices I made you know, where things could have been different. That's what the battle was in, in my head. But now that I shared it and now that I kind of let my skeletons out, I don't, I don't feel that same That's pressure so to, you know, and, and I am starting to see it as this is life. Yeah. This was the life that was, you know, this is the, this is the path I'm supposed to be on. Yeah. How else so. am I supposed to look at it yeah. other than, Everything happens for a reason. And yeah. I used to think that my entire life, everything happens for a reason. And maybe this is what was supposed to happen to me. 
I think so. I think that you probably have helped so many people because this is such a there's such a it's such a taboo topic to talk about and there's such a stigma associated with it. Like no one is proud of knowing or being a, an addict, you know, like there, cause obviously it destroys lives. It destroys families. Yeah. It's looked at as maybe like weak because you can't come off it. Cause it's so hard to come off it. So then you seem, or you feel anyways weak and which is not the case at all. It's obviously very, very difficult. I mean, people are, are addicted to caffeine and it's, and they guilty. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, but I'm, what I'm trying to say is like, they a lot. I mean, this world is addicted to coffee in such <laughs> a way, something, yeah. or something, yeah. And that those just don't happen to be destructive and like all consuming. But I mean, we all go down that path. So, needless yeah. to say, that's kind of a bad example. But I think that one point I want to make real fast that I think is really, really important on yeah. that topic. Well, and because we have some amazing guests coming up. Oh, yeah, on yeah, the yeah. Episode. So we are going to share. We are going to definitely wrap this up. But one thing that I want to, like an amazing point that I want to make that I've really learned through like therapy and healing myself is that what you focus on. So what you have been focusing on is all your bad decisions, uh, the pat, like the pat, the bad choices that you made and just all the negativity of that situation is all you've been focusing on. So that's all that was coming to you. Everything that was coming to you was just negativity and weighing you down and depression and, you know, just bad things. But now that you have finally let your skeletons out of your closet, quote unquote, and that you've just, you're let it all out there, you're able to start focusing on the good. Like the fact that there are people who are also struggling, yep. the fact that there are people who have heard your story and is inspiring them to either love a loved one who's gone through it or to maybe try to, to stop, you know, to, to, to try the sublocate or suboxone to get off their, their, um, you know, their addiction. I mean, there's so much good now that you can focus on. And I really believe the yep. more you focus on good, it doesn't matter what you focus on, actually, the more you focus on whatever it is that you're focusing on, the more of that comes back to you. And there's a quote that I want to that I uh it's by an unknown um this is like an unknown quote but it's something that I'll came take up. credit for it <laughs> okay we're not giving you any credit for this and if you hear my stomach growling <laughs> forgive me but um there's a quote that is really really profound and it's 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 I don't know who it is but um it says repetitive complaining will attract things for you to complain about repeated gratitude will attract things for you to be thankful about I'm seriously going to say that again. And if you're listening on your treadmill or your car or whatever, like if you're, you know, just listen to this and like take it in because it's so profound. And also if you have a second to have grab pen and paper, write that down and put it in like, you know, on your dashboard in your car or like on your mirror. Repetitive complaining will attract things for you to complain about. Repeated gratitude will attract things for you to be thankful about. And I'm telling you, if you can take that in and really put that into practice, like the minute I start complaining now, I try really hard to just stop it and then be thankful for like double that. So like if I'm yeah. complaining about, I don't know what, um, I've I'll noticed that in you thankful and I'm telling you it, it allows you to flip a switch in your brain to then start seeing things that you can be more thankful for. And all of a sudden you stop seeing the things that are annoying or, or depressing. that you're complaining about. Yeah. They don't even seem that large because they're no longer at the forefront of your brain. Now at the forefront of your brain are the things that you're so thankful for. And it does not happen overnight. It has taken me a really long time to kind of get into this pattern. But if you're someone who is struggling with depression or anxiety, or if you're just feeling like I have no good reason to feel like woe is me, or I have no good reason to be like sad or just frumpy or, you know, just feeling like just down and out, 
try practicing more gratitude. Yep. Just try that. And um, just being thankful for the small things in your life. Like even if it's just a, you know, a cup of tea. Yep. And I, you know, and it, it takes like constant, it's, not, it's, it's, it's almost exhausting because it does take every single day you got to do it. But I'm telling you, it is so life-changing. So yeah. anyways, before we bring on our guests, I hope that you enjoyed this uh, very, uh, very raw and real. It always seems to come after a, a review. Oh yeah. Well, no, I'm just saying, oh. well, I'm just saying this Henley being here and her oh, yeah. like school and yeah, is very raw and real. I'm also yeah. like barely even dressed. <laughs> like I, I'm not even wearing pants. You're such a liar, <laughs> but we, he won't stand up. We're not going to prove it one way or yes. the other. But, um, yeah, so we got to bring our guests on cause they're amazing. We have Jacqueline and Seth Gibson from yes. never TMI and Jack's, uh, and Jacqueline is actually Mike Singletary, the famous football player's daughter. Yeah. Who have a very compelling story. Uh, great named podcast, uh, Never TMI. I wish that I had that name. I love their name so much. It's called Never yeah. TMI. I mean, they talk about everything from pregnancy to postpartum, addiction, scheduling sex, and we're going to get into all of that with yeah. them. Yeah. Absolutely. But before we go, we're going to give you a little shout out from our sponsors. We're really thankful for our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So we have on today, uh, this, we have a very official bio for you. So here we go. Family okay. Made Media presents Never TMI with Jacqueline and Seth Gibson. Through their lovable transparency, the Gibsons will walk listeners through a wide range of topics where they'll share their life experiences while holding nothing back. That is very much us hot marriage cool parents. So love it. we love you guys already. Topics will cover anything and everything from marriage, family, and health to addiction and re relational conflict. But as the title says, there's never TMI to be shared. Follow along each week and, sh and that's it. So we'll, we will follow along each week. <laughs> and uh, yeah, no. So that was a very official, wonderful, um, you know, bio for you guys. And I, we have definitely, as Doug said, ever so graciously, the first thing he said to her was, um, right before we started recording, he yeah, goes, TMI. Yeah. There's no TMI. There's no TMI. So he was like, oh, I saw your, you and your sister's belly <laughs> on TikTok. <laughs> uh, but yeah, welcome we to Hot Mary. so happy to be here. Yeah, we can't wait. Yes. And Amazing. For, and for those of you who are just listening in your earbuds or on your car speakers, she is holding her brand new eight day old baby, Michael. Oh. And I'm like, girl, wait <laughs> Caves, yeah. Oh, now, Seth, how was the, because uh, I know dads always have it tough whenever their wife is going through labor. So can you tell me a little bit about the challenges you were having um, during this pregnancy? It was, it was really hard. You know, I didn't get a lot of sleep and there wasn't any food. No, it was, it was great. Jackie was a rock star as she always is. And, um, you know, this is our, our third kid with the same OB three times in a row. And yeah. we, I feel like this time our, our relationship with him just kind of went to the next level. Yeah. Like just through all of our appointments and stuff. And so, um, it was special. 
Yeah, it was really, really special. Shout out to Dr. Pierce. He did a great job. And just DP. Like, it was just like a fun experience. Obviously, yeah. Jackie was working a lot. And, you know, I think we checked in at, what, 7 p.m. So it was just like a long night. Oh, man. But okay. Just, you know, come the morning, Dr. Pierce came in and Jackie did a great job. So it was, it was, it was easy. Easy breezy on my Yeah. <laughs> okay, I gotta stop you right there because Daddy O over there just said that it was a fun night. Does mommy agree? <laughs> oh, that's funny. It yeah, was like we had the sisters in. It was I know. It was like I got an epidural, so you know, enough set. It yes. just was like, okay, I'm good. And it was funny. Like every now and then I'd be like, Seth, wake up, Seth. <laughs> Can you move my leg? Like it was I can't fine. feel a thing. <laughs> I know, I can't feel anything. I was chilling and it was just, I just wanted it to go. Like I wanted the delivery part to go well. And it just did. It was such a blessing. And I truly couldn't believe how well it went. I was just so thankful. So yeah, it went, I mean, I pushed like three times. She was out. It was amazing. Every nurse was incredible. It was a dream. So I'm, I just didn't expect it to go that way, but I was like hoping it would. And it did. So it was, it was, you know, probably not as easy breezy as his night, but it was good. It was a good night. Yeah. That is actually amazing. And seriously, God bless the people, the epidurals, the anesthesiologists, the nurses, because yeah, yeah, I had our first daughter, we had, I was labor and delivery nurse. And so I've seen it over and over again, like with- Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Jamie was trying to bring the kid out herself. Oh, I touching really was. The head oh my gosh. I mean, I'm... Checking how dilated she was. She knew it all. I mean, I was really trying because I was like, I feel like they tell you you're not quite as dilated as you really are so that you just hold on until we're all ready, you know? And, uh, but I, anyways, so with my daughter, I had the epidural and it was kind of similar. It was, I wouldn't, I mean, it was very... I mean, I was, it was wild because you're having a baby. There's nothing like it. It's a miracle, but it wasn't like you see in the movies, you know, like it was not, it was very uneventful, you know? A lot more fluids for sure. Literally. Oh yeah. I know. Right. (laughs) There's been a lot more there. No, I literally told my sisters, I was like, you guys can go. Like, I feel terrible. Like you are not getting sleep. You're just waiting for this thing to happen. But I was like, nothing's happening. So you can like, feel free to go. It did feel that way. It was just like, well, we're just waiting. And it was nice. So. That's so, awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. So um, there's a couple topics that I really want to dive into with you guys because I definitely scoured your Instagram myself and you're going to get a new follower. I'm going to follow you because, <laughs> you know, yes. Sean and Andrew obviously introduced us. For those of you guys listening, Sean and Andrew are the, you know, we love them. and um, Through Family Made. Yeah, and so uh, we're part of Family Made Media and so are Jacqueline and Seth and we were talking to them and we were like, you know, we are looking for people who are like ourselves to have on the podcast. And they were instantly like, you guys, like, you know, Jacqueline and Seth. Yeah. Immediately. And so then I, um, and it's so nice to have someone that you trust to like kind of connect you as relationships because yeah. And then I'm like, wow, they, we, I feel like we have a lot in common, like just the never TMI, the way that you're just so real and down to earth and you're not trying to put on a show. I mean, you're in a t-shirt with your newborn, (laughs) like, Okay, let's uh let's talk. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And for for so for anybody in our audience that may not know you guys, 
Um, could you tell us a little bit about how you came to Family Made, maybe the transition to becoming an influencer? Um, you know, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I used to be a photographer and kind of just here and there, obviously used my Instagram to like network and market and all that kind of stuff. And, um, just started sharing everything probably too much and started to slowly grow. And I was like, I really enjoy this. I really like this. I love, love people. I just love, I don't care where they're from, what they believe, you know, all that kind of stuff. I just have always been interested in people's stories and who they are and what makes them them and all that kind of stuff. And so, um, I just, by nature, I'm a very open person. Like, I feel like, I don't know, there's just so much beauty and vulnerability and just being open. Like we're all crazy and messed up. So let's share about it and help each other and all that kind of stuff. So I just started sharing, um, like I said, probably too much. I did uh, Q and A's and that was probably, that was when Sean reached out to me because I, I mean, I answered, there was no question I wouldn't answer. It was like, you know, I wouldn't scroll through. It was like next, next, next. <laughs> I just answered every single one, even the ones that were really hard to answer. And I was like, man, I really hope I'm not misunderstood here, but like, I'm going to do my best to answer. And the amount of mostly women um, who were just like, man, no one talks about this. And this was really helpful. Or, you know, people were like, man, you're like the sister I never had. Like, I don't have anyone to talk about these things with, or even when it comes to birth and all that, mm -hmm. it, it just was like a once a week time, like a space that we all just created that was very vulnerable and real. And then after a while, I mean, <laughs> like if someone new came to follow me, they were like, can I just ask, like, I'm new here, but why are all these people asking about sex and this and marriage? And I was like, I'm not, they're like, are you a sex therapist? I was like, nope, nope absolutely not. Like, <laughs> never wanted to come from like a, I know everything place. It was just like, let's just share, you know, with each other or keep it whatever. real. And so Sean reached out and asked, you know, I think she was like, have you guys ever thought about doing a podcast? And we were like, no, but we're open <laughs> to it. And so, that's how, you know, we wanted the podcast to be just a place where we can kind of talk a little bit deeper about things. Obviously, you know, a Q&A on Instagram, you only get a certain amount of, right. um, it's just a little bit of space, you know? So yeah. the podcast was like, actually, this would be really cool to like really dive into our boundaries or sex or um, things that have happened in our marriage and be able to talk about it openly and vulnerably because there's so many people who are dealing with the same things or their husbands are dealing with the same things and they don't know what to do or, you know, how to get through it or whatever. So that's kind of how Never TMI was born. Well, I love the title. Yeah, and absolutely. Talking about Never TMI, I'm going to go right there because you guys <laughs> schedule sex and... Well, wait. So um, before that, though, I, real quick, um, Seth, were you someone that was comfortable being vulnerable um, and sharing because, just pull you in? because I feel like I'm, I was in that boat too. Jamie is the best sharer and shares 
everything, no matter what the topic is. I mean, hemorrhoids, whatever it is. Um, me, I, I feel like you and I, sister, yeah. we got this. I, uh, I always kept a lot close to the vest. Uh, I really haven't started sharing up until the last couple episodes of the podcast. I feel like this is our couples counseling and marriage therapy and, and everything else. Yeah. Um, it was really hard for me to share and be comfortable sharing. Um, so I just want to get your take on that. Yeah, well, I guess as a funny story, I didn't really fully understand what Jackie did until she made a video of me that I didn't know that blew up on TikTok of me crying outside. I'm talking like, like 30 million people. Like, wow, that blew up. Wow. Yeah, like a video went viral of me doing something that I wasn't like, it was a raw moment. She told me about it afterward, and I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. But that was kind of when I started, like, oh, like, I don't have social media. I stay off of it. And so I was like, oh, like, <laughs> I know what you do, but, like, what are you posting? What are the things you're doing? And so that kind of opened up, like, the can of worms of just, like, okay, like, maybe I can be even just to know about what she does. And this was a few years ago, but, like, you know, just kind of get, that was like the open door to kind of see what she does and then seeing how vulnerable she is and then learning that like, that's what people are attracted to, you know, that I'm totally okay with that. Um, part of my past, kind of like what you said, Doug, it's like, I used to be super close to the chest. Didn't want anyone to know anything about me because I was afraid people would judge me for it. And it wasn't until I really started sharing about my experiences is that is where I found the freedom. Like there's so much freedom and truth and just like being able to live exposed just took like a huge weight off me. Mm -hmm. And so like, I think the podcast really is the time that I, I experienced that the most because our first episode was when we, we kind of shared our story. And again, I don't have social media. So that was like my first time telling you know, the public <laughs> introducing yourself pretty much at that point. So it was just like the first time I really like just to be vulnerable like that. It really felt like a, a weight was lifted and to hear some of the feedback of like how much people can relate. And, yeah. and I think we all just, we need that. But I mean, my, my role in this whole thing has been super easy. I'm simply here by the grace of God, just like, I married someone way out of my league and Jackie's just worked super hard to get where she's at. And I, I don't deserve to be on a podcast, but here we are and it's been a great ride. So. Oh, that's so sweet. So we, that's amazing. you broke up just a little bit there. Uh, you said that your first episode, you shared uh, something and it was uncomfortable for you because we just didn't, we missed whatever it was that you shared. Um, so maybe you okay. could just repeat that. Just the last sentence. sentence. Yeah. Yeah, so we, our first episode is basically like our whole story of like us getting married and all the crap that I brought into our marriage, essentially. I'm just like, I was, I was smoking, I, you know, I was smoking weed behind her back. And it, it really all comes down to dishonesty. I was just being dishonest about a lot of stuff. There was a lot of stuff in our, when we were dating of like past relationships that I didn't share even with Jackie, just cause I was ashamed of it. And so that took time for me to like get that out of my system and divulge that to her. So our first episode really dives into like all the crap that I put Jackie through of just my past, 
exposing that to her and then our you know our time of essentially working through that in our first couple of years of marriage to to kind of get to where we are today well but i feel like a lot of his like fear of you know communicating opening up all that kind of stuff came from this place of shame you know yes. it wasn't you know it, it i don't know like you said there's like so much freedom and just like huh, yes okay like i don't have to hide i don't need to like put on the show or put on this front of like trying to be better than I am to me or to your friends or whatever. So I feel like once he started being open and sharing and was just like, okay, if people are going to judge me, they're going to judge me. That's fine. But I feel like we saw the complete opposite response that, you know, we were expecting. Um, and there's been some hard conversations, like we said, like his parents had no idea, like there, it, it was, you know, so he got a call from his dad and that was a rough call just being like, what, who are you? What? Um, so very interesting, but it's been, it's been incredible. And I'm yeah. proud of him. He's, he's I think really that's amazing. Good for you. I yeah. think that's awesome. And honestly, our stories are very similar. Very similar, yeah, because my really? husband and I, yeah, kind of. Well, like, we didn't date. We, we kind of got married right away. But, yeah. yeah, we were married at first sight, so yeah. there's that. But when but we there were, was a smoking thing where I was smoking yeah. cigarettes, and, and, and I lied it. about it. And um, Our first episode, podcast episode back, I shared um, my struggles with uh, opioid addiction um, and going through and, and me finally trying to get off the medication that I've been on uh, to kind of curb that addiction part of me. Um, and it Which was- Which he hid that from me as well. And so, you know- So yeah. much shame and, and it's just like your your story I was just relating to the whole way where it was yeah. like, you know, yeah. I, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm the oldest out of, uh, I have a younger brother and sister that, you know, look up to me. I was the captain of- every sports team that I've been on and, you know, college baseball and everything. And I've always been the person that people would go to. Uh, and I would always put on, you know, the happy face and I would always say things were okay. And, you know, when behind the scenes, like I was just deteriorating as a, a person and there was so much shame and, and, and sharing and everything else um, with that. And then finally it was like I shared and the response was overwhelming. Like it's just yeah. so touching and, like you said, it, it was a weight lifted off of my shoulders. Just, yeah. you know, you, you're not anticipating the question that you don't want to answer. You're not anticipating having to, uh, you know, steer the conversation in a, in a different way so you don't have to share much. And uh, finally shared because of Jamie here. Um, yeah, so we have very similar stories. Yeah. And I just think that back to you, Seth, like just how you realize that, you're not alone in what you're struggling with because you've shared it. And I think that that by you sharing, you're helping others also realize that they're not alone. And so all, you know, together we have this community and your sweet little other little girl just came in. Let me guess. Is this, let me see here. I, is this Kennedy? Yeah, this is Kennedy. Oh, hi, Kennedy. I, I love your. I'm so sorry. Totally oh, no, fine. It's fine. All kids are on the podcast too. I mean, what can you do when you're a parent? <laughs> There's such a stigma for women. And I feel like, you know, Jacqueline, I feel like you might get this and be there. I don't know. But like, for me, there's such a stigma of hiring help. It's like, you can't do it all. Like, why can't you do it all? And, yeah. or like, you know, just, and it's just like that, that stigma should be gone. And I feel like women, us oh. women need to support each other because if you're a stay at home mom, 
that's awesome, you know, but there is, and honestly, that's like the hardest job in the world, but there's one job I've discovered that's harder. And that would be a working mom with kids at your house, like a working stay at home mom. That is the hardest job in America. And I need to get that through like my own head because I'm like, I don't want, like, I don't, I mean, for so long, literally, I was like, I don't want a babysitter. I don't want whatever. And now I'm like, that ship has sailed. We need help. (laughs) Yeah. So we're ready for it. Good for you. For that but yeah should be good for hopefully the rest of because then because I know what's going through your head right now is like the mom girl of okay darn like my daughter's looking for my attention but I can't be there so I want to be present here so then you're like oh I feel bad that my daughter I've been there so many times and there's a new baby probably taking a lot of attention as well oh my goodness so hire that you know, sister or whoever (laughs) and uh, get that help. And honestly, we'll talk in two weeks. You're gonna be like, hallelujah. (laughs) Like, I'm so ready. Like, I'm so excited. We have someone coming tomorrow evening (laughs) to like meet them. And we're like, we we don't even, we don't even need to do this. Listen, we'll hire you. You're hired. (laughs) I feel like you're champs because you're three babies in and you haven't done that yet. You are champs in my book. Oh my goodness gracious. Yeah, we, I mean, we found the the value in a babysitter just because we we moved to Florida and our entire family is up in New Jersey and New York and we have zero help down here. So it was, it was difficult. So yeah, so that kind of forced us to hire some help, but honestly, it's also the best thing that has ever happened to to just accept help. But before we went that down that, um, that area, I was asking about scheduling sex because I got to tell you. I know that you, you guys schedule sex and it's something that people talk like that you talk about openly on Instagram and on your podcast. And we basically schedule sex to try for a baby, you know, like like during that time. Yeah. You say you feel like a piece of meat. Feel like a piece of meat. (laughs) I'm like, Doug, it is the time of the month. Let's go. And and then when it's not, I'm like, oh, um, we just, I'm so tired tonight. Is like. We were done. It was like six. I'm just like, I got, I got to tap out here. It was, I mean, we were after that, to be honest, if we're being honest, never TMI. After that week, we did it every day. And after that, I think we did do it for like a month. We were like, I can't like we, it was just, it's all consuming. So we get mm-hmm. it. I get it. I had to go back to, I don't know if you've read Tim Ferriss's book, the four hour work week. Oh, I have, I have that book. I haven't read it. I probably yeah. should. It's good. There's a, there's a uh, chapter in there that talks about like sex and libido. And it's like <laughs> eat three Brazil nuts, you know, morning and night, eat 20 almonds and like up your fish oil. And I, by like day three, I literally had to go back and reread that chapter. I'm like, okay, what? Where are all the Brazil nuts? Give me, I'll take double. I'm doubling it all. I need to go testosterone piece right now. That's hilarious. That's See, I'm hilarious. saying law of averages. We gotta keep, we gotta do it every day. Yeah, but he's saying he was like tap. He was like tapping it out. Like no, he's not interested. It's too much every night. That was a lot. That was a lot. See, Doug jokes and says that he feels like a piece of meat, but he's like, yeah, I'll be your. Pe-. He would do it two times a day, all yeah. day, every day. Don't ask. Oh, uh-huh. Oh yeah. Uh, so how do you schedule sex, and what does that look like? Is there an emoji on your calendar that you both know of or you do you like pop out like a secret word like you know like I don't know pineapple it's the night no, I know I, it's funny because I feel like whenever we talk about it 
people are like, oh my God, or, or I posted a video recently. And obviously there's people who are like, oh, that's healthy. That can be so wonderful. Like if you're not doing it, scheduling is a great option. But there are so many people who are like, it should come naturally. That's so forced. Like that is so like, I mean, you're in the wrong, you married the wrong person if you have to schedule it, whatever. So like, I mean, it, it was probably like a couple months ago and it, it was this video that went so viral simply because there was so much hate. hate. And people were just like, what a horrible thing. Like, oh, I don't even want to get married if this is what it looks like, whatever. Um, and it's funny because people are like, okay, can you tell me what it looks like? Like how, and in the beginning, when we first started like scheduling it, I put little hearts on my calendar, like on the days he had like a little reminder on his phone. So there was an emoji. We were on to <laughs> something. Was, I know, right? There, there was like, it was just it, like it, it, it. Like, yep. it, it was just like, it was a thing and it felt like such a big thing. And after years, we now it's just like we have in our mind, oh, it's been so long. We got to do it. It's time, you know. Um, obviously, especially with like pregnancy, obviously postpartum. Mm-hmm. Um, Not doing it now. Actually, we know that. Oh, exactly. Yeah, that <laughs> Nothing's happened. going in there right now. Literally. But, you know, in all that, I feel like that's when it's it's just so noticeable. It's like, especially in pregnancy, because it changes in pregnancy. There's so much grace, just that first trimester, the third trimester, all of it. It's like, you just do your best. But, um, when everything's good, it's like literally just a mental note of like, okay, has it been? And I would say like, we, our goal is like three days, three days, four days, max that's kind of like our mental goal so we don't write it down anymore there's no but it's been so long it's been years of like this is our barometer this is our like max amount of days and if it happens more than that great if not it's like we got to make it happen and sometimes it's literally like we're laying in bed and we're like okay tomorrow morning like we just got to do it because you know and and that's just the reality of like a marriage, you know, after so long, it's sometimes so romantic and special and sweet and sexy and all that kind of stuff. And sometimes it's really like, okay, we're gotta do it. Like, you gotta do it, you know? And, and it's always so enjoyable. It's always, and that's what I always tell people. I'm like, never will you regret it. Like it's, yeah. it's like working out, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like, uh, but yeah, just like it's, working out, sometimes you're not going to have that motivation. And it's like, okay, I got to get there mentally, physically. Mm-hmm. But you're there, it, you're yeah. there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I like that max four days. I think I think we should try to implement that. Yeah. Um, I think it's been a month for us right now. Trust me. Trust me. There, there's those times too. Well, yeah. I think the thing about it is like, just because you schedule sex doesn't mean the schedule always stays the same. Totally. And so, like, you have to adjust to the season. And so, I like, you know, third trimester to postpartum is just... <laughs> it's, <hard laughs> <out here. Yeah. laughs> it's touch and go. Sorry, it's a no. Yeah, that's a no. So, it's like, if I was in her shoes, by all means, like, you know... And so, the schedule, the schedule will change... And I think also we have benchmarks of like, you know, date night. We try to have date night once a week. Date night is usually a night that we try to do it. So it's like, 
having those mental things and just like Jackie says, we don't necessarily have it on the schedule anymore. We did. And, and even I, I actually just deleted uh, what was the schedule on my phone like a week ago because I was like, we're so far from this. Mm-hmm. Like we need to reevaluate. And Oh yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're, yeah. You're like, she just had a baby. So this isn't right. happening for. Yeah, like the thing happening. So the schedule was always evolving and it's just, but I would say our, our most like regular routine rules of thumb are date nights and like not trying to like a weekend morning. Like we try to make it easy on ourselves too. You know, sometimes it's just like, it's probably not going to happen. Like in the evenings we found we're like, I'm too tired. I'm done. Don't touch me. Like (laughs) I'm, it's like, I can't. And so we're like, okay, mornings, but that means we have to like, maybe wake up and kind of get on it because we have children who are going to run in here in 15 minutes. So it's like, mm-hmm. we try to make it easy on ourselves. Um, but yeah, it's, it's constantly changing. Well, I yeah. think that's like marriage and any relationship and any, um, any plan, anything that you're scheduling. And I think that it's interesting because I think your automatic reaction when you hear scheduled sex is, the pressure and that it's not like, um, intimate, yeah. that it's, uh, just like a, a task and a chore. But the truth of the matter is, is that, well, first of all, I do think it's different though, when you're pregnant or trying to conceive because it does become like a chore. Like you're like, it is like a chore right now. I'm like, I'm not going to lie. Like we've been trying for over, well, about three years, maybe a little less than three years. A little less. Yeah. And I'm just so I'm like, like, I don't want to throw in the towel, but I'm like, oh my gosh. Like I, I just, it's just, however, you, that's when you have to remember your marriage. And like, if you don't have sex, you know, you yeah. lose that side of that intimacy. And so. And then you have sex and you're just like, why aren't we why doing, aren't we this doing more it more? Often? Exactly. So what, to your point, it's like going to the gym. You dread it. Cause you're like, ugh, I do not want to go to the gym right now. But then when, after you're done, you're like, oh, I feel great. I look so good right now. Oh my goodness. Why don't do this? Yes. I'm I'm sure in the trying to conceive phase like that, I remember with Kennedy, it took us several months and it was like, that's how it was. It wasn't enjoyable. It didn't feel like we didn't look forward to it at all. I was just like, I'm sorry. I know you don't want to do, I don't want to do that. It was just like, but let's do it because we're trying to make a baby. Yeah. We have to, we have no choice. And it was just, very difficult. So I commend you guys because of, it's a lot. Like it changes everything. That yeah. Pregnancy, mm-hmm. pregnancy, all that. It just shifts the, I don't know. It's like associated with something difficult and negative and frustrating and that it's hard to like, you know, I don't know, be like, oh, I'm so empty right now and I love you so much. And this is because I love you. It's that's difficult. So yeah. I commend you guys. There's a a pastor that we listen to. Um, His name's Jimmy Evans, and he has like Exo Marriage, Marriage Today. That's like their ministry. And he says, you know, they've they've been married for, I don't know, probably 40 years or whatever, a long time. But he's like, the amount of times you and your wife actually have the same thought in the same moment of like, let's go do it in a in a span of a marriage is like <laughs> never yes like yes. over 40 years it's like the amount of time has actually been like we both just want this at the same time it's and that, there's, that proves the point though that like all yeah. the other time is someone is there's a give Someone's and take someone's mm-hmm. holding, someone's speaking and and it's not yeah. too hard like you know I just like, like doug said like yeah. 
in, you know, for everyone listening, it's like, it, it, cause it does, it sounds like you're making this a chore. You're making this a task. So I can see why the haters are saying that. But mm-hmm. when you like for us, like we have scheduled it as well, obviously for trying to conceive and whatnot. And then, or like, we will have it like, on a whim occasionally. And then we're like, geez, why don't we do this more? But for us, it's like, well, our kids are in our bed. Uh, our kids Which are in I our hate. bed. Our kids are in our bed. Our kids are in our bed. I can't stand it. I can't. But uh, it goes back to getting help and finally getting a babysitter yes. because um, we've, we have a girl that comes once a week, same time, same day. And that's our night where we go out. Uh, and it's, mm-hmm. we used to have a babysitter where we could, we would call and text and say, Hey, are the kids in bed yet? And we would literally wait until yes. she put the kids to bed before we would come home. Cause it was like, you know, Absolutely. bedtime is a lot of work. I don't know about for you guys. Oh, it is. It's like a full blown production. And every night we're like trying to find ways to cut corners. Like, Same. She forgot about the story tonight. But they, when they get to be Kennedy's age three, right? Like they catch on to these things. Maybe even, I mean, in for your, uh, for your daughter, who's Evan, is Evan? Yeah. Who's one. I mean, not much longer. She's going to be saying the same thing. Like, oh, mommy, that was only two books. And we read three and you're like, okay, so. Mommy, like, where's that part of the story? Yeah, exactly. But Michael there, she's like, this is the easy, I don't know. I feel like the newborn stage, people say it's so hard. The sleep, lack of sleep is is hard, but like they're easy, right? Totally. It's just, I mean, literally I'm like, she requires not much right now. You know what I mean? It it is like the nicest face. Kennedy told, Kennedy requires by far the most. Oh, for sure. I think that with a newborn is not the case, but it is. I like love how they prepare us for motherhood saying the newborn, like sleep when they sleep. It's like, okay, maybe if it's your first baby, (laughs) but that's like impossible. Literally, (laughs) Even with the first baby. You catch a nap, they're like crashing on you on the couch and jumping and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Or if yeah. God, God, for, God bless all of like our husbands, but when you like have the husbands watch them and then they're like screaming and they come in the room and I'm like, oh, okay, literally. I'm like, I love you, but can you like say, t-? I'm like, he's like, well, they wanted to come in. I'm like, well, tell them no. I know. Exactly. Yeah, I'm like, I want to see them. So I don't want to kick them out, but I need you to be the bad guy. And it, say, don't yes, please. There. Yes. Oh, yeah. I feel it. I feel it. <laughs> Ah, well, Seth and Jackie, thank you guys so much for coming on and sharing way too much with us. I love it. (laughs) Yes. We appreciate you guys having us so much. That was so great to talk with you. It feels like we're just talking with friends and yeah. Thank you. No, I feel like we are very similar um, in so many different ways. But for everyone who is listening, where can they find you? I know, I know, Seth, you're not on Instagram, but um, where can they find you, Jackie? And then let's be (laughs) honest, you are on Instagram. She's sneaking those videos of you getting 30 million views. Well, before (laughs) before you guys share that, um, Seth, uh, I think every male listener is going to want to know how do you build up enough courage to ask Mike Singletary for his daughter's hand in marriage. (laughs) Man, that was, I was so nervous. So I lived in San Diego at the time. He was coaching the Rams when they, the first year they went to LA. Right. And I called him up. I'm like, Hey, you know, you want to, can I talk to you? And he knew, he knew exactly what I was coming up for. I mean, I going up there, rush hour traffic. it, It took me four hours to get there. I sat down in a pizza parlor with him for 30 minutes 
and he's just basically he tells me that he's like i know exactly why you're here like <laughs> and i'm just probably i'm probably shaking honestly like sweating bullets <laughs> yeah i just like try to create small talk with him like that in itself is is super hard even today <laughs> like we have a great relationship but just like i'm an introvert he's introverted he's not gonna just like and he's so dramatic so he knows what he's doing and he's gonna make it that's funny yeah no but he's a quiet person in general so it's like he's an observer we could sit in the same room for hours and have a great time and not say anything but yeah yeah so it was just it was nervous but did it and he's like he wasn't it's not like something any, I mean, I'm, when I have to give my daughters away one day, it's probably not something I want to do anyways. So right. Like I, I understood that in the moment and, but it was, it was good. That's so funny. what was more nerve wracking asking her father for her hand in marriage or asking her for her, like when you proposed to her, which one were you more oh, ner- nervous, nervous? For sure, her dad. Yeah, yeah that's, I'm not surprised to hear that just based on. I knew what we were in a relationship. You knew my answer. Like, you didn't know yeah, his. This is what we're doing. That is that's funny. So I feel like he he would say no if he wanted to say no. So I'm glad he said yes. Yeah. Aw. Well, I'm a big fan of Mike Singletary, so. That's well, awesome. Very much. I that. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Well, okay, yeah. So back to it. Uh, Sorry, yeah. He was just dying. I, that was a personal question. Let me tell you right now, that was not for any other Absolutely. dude listening other than himself. I, love to ask you guys so many I know. I, yeah, I feel like you guys. Anytime. Yeah, your story is amazing. Oh, yeah. It's, it's gone crazy. But uh, <laughs> so, yeah. So, where can everyone listening, where can they find you, Jackie? Yes. So obviously never TMI is our podcast. Um, season two is coming soon. And then um, Jacqueline M. Gibson is my Instagram and you can find me there. All righty. That sounds, and also you're on TikTok, right? Oh yes. Jacqueline M. Gibson with two N's because I think my account, <laughs> my account got like banned a while ago. So same with Instagram, just one more end. Okay. So complicated for you yeah that's not so bad oh awesome. how'd you get banned i didn't even think yeah. i i have no idea or maybe it was on instagram years ago it was on instagram actually so i had to like change my name and everything i think they thought i was like spam or something uh, i mean or gotcha. maybe i gave into like a a a hacker person I don't remember. It was so long ago, but I was like, oh, my account is 100% gone. So <laughs> changed my name. And Well, thank God know. it was early in the game. Yeah, yeah. It that, was earlier. Yeah, that yeah. is good because that's, <laughs> the, that's the worst thing about these social oh, media platforms. Terrible. Yeah. Yes, it was bad. It was bad. But we're good now. Okay. Good. All right. Awesome. Well, for everyone listening, thank you guys so much. And uh, I highly recommend listening to their podcast, Never TMI. It's presented by Family Made, and we love Family Made and everything that they they stand for. And yeah, Jackie and Seth, we'd love to have you guys back on sometime. Enjoy your sweet newborn. Yes. Um, thank you so thank much. You it was such an honor to be here and to chat with you guys. So thank you so much. Yes. Yeah. And go get, go give Kennedy like a good popsicle or something. I feel bad or for that. Popcorn sweet girl. or something. Yeah. Anything she wants. She gets a good pass today. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Tell her we said thank you for sharing her parents with us. Yes. <laughs> I know. Thank you so much. Bye guys. They are amazing. Yeah. You know, we, we also, uh, I mean, it's, 
it's funny hearing someone scheduling intimacy or scheduling and working it into your schedule. Yeah, we used to do that ourselves as well. And we would end up in Target and wait until about nine o'clock and text the babysitter are the kids in bed yet are they asleep yet and we wouldn't and come home like, until the kids were asleep in yeah bed. and if they weren't we were like okay we're not coming home yet we'll just take a, one more trip around the store <laughs> but the thing is is that then you know we moved and we don't have that same luxury anymore but um yeah I think that's so important to schedule it in I feel like we have to try to do that now that school's starting back up and we're going to have more of a routine. I absolutely want to, I want to schedule. I mean, like we are always like fly by the seat of our pants kind of people, but right. I'm really trying to change that because it's very stressful to f- constantly fly by the seat of your pants. And can be overwhelming. Yeah. But needless sure. to say, thank you so much for another amazing episode, hanging out with us. And next week we're going to do a Q and a, and it's going to be questions from you. So on our Instagram page, it's called hot marriage, cool parents on our Instagram. Any question that you send on over there, you just no topic is off limits that's right and we're doing a full fully you know just a Q&A like to just catch up with you and see what you want to know we've obviously talked a lot about what's going on in our real lives but I'm sure we're missing some things that you're curious about so we're anything you want to chat about we want to kind of invite you on our podcast so if you want to be part of our podcast head on over to hot marriage cool parents on Instagram and send us a DM with any questions you have for us and then we're going to give you a shout out with your question and then we're going to answer it Have a great week and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. We love you. Bye.